my idea was to start uh, by discussing uh, why do we want to have this discussion in the first place. I think we're both on a quest, right? Yeah. What's this quest? So, um, this quest started with a conversation in Cafe Nero. Because uh, I don't know if you're addicted to coffee. I am slightly addicted to coffee. <laughs> but seriously, um, the quest is about a lot of topics that are flying around. You don't. You can spend a little bit of time on LinkedIn, right? You can have a look there. And something that both you and me are really passionate about is what is the future of experience design? Mm-hmm. But if you think about the future of experience design, for a lot of people, that is around maybe interfaces or different services that people create. And especially for me, because we always joke about the world that I'm sitting in is kind of focused around technology and um, what that digital disruption means for big business. Um, I believe that there's a big shift ha- shift happening in in in, in, uh, in business where people are thinking about big data, artificial intelligence, all these magical things, right? But I think there's deeper value in thinking beyond that. What is the opportunities and um, experiences and air quotes that that is going to unlock and I don't think we as designers or businesses have really thought through this because all these technologies and newfound things aren't going to solve the problem of creating experiences they can facilitate those but they're not going to create them so what is the next wave yeah. So actually, you are having two designers here uh, sitting and sort of wondering what is the future of, of our profession? Uh, because right now, the future is quite clear. Like we are supposed to design technologies that simplify things, that automati- automatize things, that uh, make things work uh, smoother, easier, more efficiently and so on. Uh, the problem with this approach is that, you know, this is a, a way down in a way. So mm-hmm. basically you cannot earn money on efficiency. Of course, like on a, in a short term you can, meaning like if you, if you design technologies and then they will reduce your workforce, yeah. you have a um, lower cost. But basically what comes next is that uh, this basically lowers the prices of, of services. Mm-hmm. So with the lowering prices of services, uh, the gain that you're getting is going to be lost uh, quite quickly uh, because uh, because people will expect that things will be cheaper, cheaper and cheaper. And uh, you're creating a monster in a way. Yeah, exactly. And so, then, then, you know, like if you if you go down, what what is the way out? So can I reframe it a little bit? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think this... Uh, Hopefully this conversation will will result in debates because we don't always agree, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think we disagree. It's about finding that middle ground. And I think as designers, more questions need to be asked because we we tend to rely on tools to get answers. And answers are about rethinking the tools that we trust so much. So this is what I think. Um, At the moment, we are in a world where things are optimized all the time. And I think you said that. Now, if I tap back into my marketing experience, the evil marketing experience is that brand is a very important thing when you're a marketer and sometimes wrongly so because brands can be very selfish. It's about, ooh, my brand is this and that and 
people should choose me, where I think we both believe it's about the people who use the brands, not the brand itself, right? But if brand is so important, why are we optimizing our engagements with the human beings who use our products so much that we're creating a distance? And I think I love the term that you use is transactional experiences. Those transactional experiences become so fast, so quick, there is no experience. And I'm not saying that we need to create experiences for experiences' sakes, but we need to find those areas or those points where the interactions become meaningful and maybe memorable. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, interesting thing because like whenever I'm being uh, asked by, for example, my students, what is an experience? Um, you know, like for, for, for a long time, I was like wondering like, what the heck should I answer them? And then uh, after reading uh, some stuff by uh, Dan Kahneman, I realized that actually experience is a very uh, simple equation. So you have expectations, uh, that, that we form basically yeah. so bas- it seems uh, like psychology says that whenever we are engaging with something we always create ex- expectations whether they are like conscious subconscious uh, unconscious we have those expectations mm-hmm. and then you've got something which is experiencing so these are like sensual um, and sensory um, few second moments like hearing my voice mm-hmm. uh, being in this room uh, talking to the mic. So yeah. these are all the things that define this, those those sensory experiences that we are having right now. Uh, and then these two things, they can either match or they can mismatch. And this, the, the, the outcome of these two is the, is the actual uh, experience. So in other words, experience is a memory. Uh, and it can be a good memory when the expectation is... Uh, lower than what yeah. was experience, being experienced. Uh, it can be bad uh, when the expectation was higher than what would happen, or it can be non-memorable it was, if it was exactly yeah, just, flat. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, it doesn't meet my expectations, I'm disappointed. It meets my expectations and I'm, I'm okay. satisfied. Yeah. yeah. Or it might exceed my expectations and... Or surprise me. Or surprise me. Yeah, because like exceeding expectations again, like, you know, like this this is this danger of going into the wow factor. And with wow factor, we have another problem because uh, there is this another phenomenon, <laughs> a psychological phenomenon, which is called um, positive appropriation. That basically, we as humans, uh, we get very quickly used to the things that are good. So basically, you know, something that was perfectly yeah. fantastic yesterday today is the new yeah. norm and basically you are not surprised by it anymore and then if you keep as a business if you keep on delivering those small things uh like those wow factors over and over again you have to mm. it's sort of like a vicious circle you have to keep on doing this because uh, uh it creates expectations that are uh, that are always sort of so like whatever you did yesterday becomes yesterday's news yeah but people expect more I'm not as clever as you, but uh, in a sense of, repeat the term again. Positive appropriation. Yeah. I know it's leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, I, I had this this, this uh, silly metaphor that I used because um, I, I, I travel on the public transport system to work all the time. And it's mm-hmm. kind of something that I brought in from South Africa because in South Africa, we have this big market. I'll get to a point. I used to, I tend to ramble on, but we have this big market. And I always found the, 
the being on the public transport is the best place to observe people, observe real people, because it's easy to sit in a big corporation and forget about the human beings we're designing things for. So when you're in public transport, you observe people. And I, the other day I was sitting here in the metro in Warsaw, and I, I kind of looked at people and I looked at wow, everybody looks so depressed. And we're actually in this tube going at X amount of kilometers per hour, getting to our point very easily. And I started thinking about the work that we do. And of course, I can look at this situation and go, hmm, maybe I need to put better things on the screen. And I might do that and it might make people happy for a day. Mm. But then it becomes something that I'm used to. And my thought was then, what makes the people maybe feel gloomy on the train is not the trip itself, but maybe the reason they are on the trip. The ultimate destination might be a very grumpy boss. Being on the train in the first place might be because I'm leaving, I'm depressed because I'm leaving a family at home and I have to go to work. Of course, as designers, we can't solve all those ultimate problems or challenges. I mean, I can't do anything to the fact that you have to go to work, right? But if I keep that in the back of my mind and be empathetic around the design, that might help me create the right instances of where I need to create these moments that makes meaning. Yeah, but so, so actually, there, there, there is another thing. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm going to go all psychological today. Please do. <laughs> uh, so, like for 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 a number of years, I'm fascinated by some something which is called positive psychology, mm-hmm. and basically, it was uh, it it's sort of a new domain of psychology that got officially uh, named in 1995 by uh, Martin Seligman. Uh, who made a very fascinating observation, fascinating for me at least. Basically, he said that uh, when the field of psychology was created and developed, uh, it was primarily created to get people from depressed to non-depressed. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was all like the, the whole development of psychology was uh, was caused by post-war traumas and, and, and things like that. So basically, you sort of get people from a black hole into sort of normal functioning. Yeah. The problem is that it was going from minus 100 to zero. And then people stayed in this limbo of being neither unhappy nor happy. Oh, okay. And then, so you've got those people, like you said, in a metro who are they, are, they are not clinically depressed, but they are not particularly happy about their lives exactly. either. And then basically Martin Seligman said in 1995 that a new field has to be created uh, that goes from that makes you go from zero to plus one hundred. So basically, um, h- how to make people flourish and 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 and, and be happy. Yeah. Uh, so so like that was basically the reason for creating this. Th- this is not a separate field. It's more like a subdomain of of psychology. Yeah. Uh, and it started in 1995, and then it develops very quickly. And I basically love reading this stuff. It's all about well-being and, and things like that. But basically, it gives me a lot of inspiration for, for, for experience design. And one of the things that that, um, uh, that is really fascinating there is that there's this whole discussion about what happiness is. Uh, and basically, and I can ask this question to everyone who is listening, and like, uh, think for a second, are you uh, an optimist or a pessimist or maybe a realist? Are you an optimist? 
I think I'm a realist. You are a realist. I'm an optimist, definitely. <laughs> and basically, when you when you look at, at what constitutes happiness, uh, 50% of what constitutes happiness are our genes. So basically, okay. uh, if you're an optimist, you are basically happier than a realist or a pessimist. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 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 Uh, there's, there's this thing which is called happiness set point. Uh, which is basically a state to which we always come back whether something mm. bad or really good happens to us. So so this is like, you know, there is a certain level. It, it's a scale from like zero or one to five. And basically you are there on a certain level. And then, but it's 50%, right? Uh, and then you have another 50%. And 10% of, 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 of this other 50% are the things that we possess. These are the circumstances, so-called. So like, you know, the houses, the cars, the jobs, the money, the clothes, the shoes, the bags, you know, whatever you imagine. And then the thing is that these things don't really give you uh, permanent happiness. They give you uh, momentary happiness. So basically they, they make you happy for a second. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. then they, you go back to your happiness set point. And if this happiness set point is low, you know, then, then you, you had a momentary, you know, feeling of being happy, like, like sort of, um, uh, you know, like, you know, drinking. It's like a quick fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, then you go back. Uh, and then if you think about the, the, the world of, um, uh, consumerism, this is all built on this 10%. Yeah. And then you've got another 40%. And the other 40% is the attitude and behavior that we have. And this is something that, first of all, uh, gives a longer term feeling of happiness. So like, for example, if you do something really good for someone else, it keeps you happier for a longer time than if you just bought yourself, I don't know what you buy yourself, <laughs> and you die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, Sorry. you know, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> a, bo a bottle of a good, vest. good, yeah, a, a vest or like a bottle of uh, good yeah. whiskey or whatever. Uh and, uh, and another thing is that, like, if you work on people's attitudes and behaviors, uh, you can help them to increase their happiness set point over time. This is not an easy or a, or a yeah. quick process. It's like sort of like going on a diet, you know, like it's not dieting. It's like, you know, changing your lifestyle. Yeah. But basically now, if you, if you think about it, for me, experience design is designing for the behavior and attitude and not for the things. Yeah. And this is this is the like okay this this is perhaps like of course that you still design artifacts so so there, there are like services and products and and events and all those things that that um that are the outcomes of 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 design work that mm. build the experience but for me if it doesn't focus on attitude and behavior then I wonder to what extent this is actually an a work of a, of experience design or whether this is just it's still design but it's not necessarily a, a design of an experience yeah or for an experience I know, i'm not sure that you can design an experience you can design for an experience yeah because you can i mean i like what you said about the about the what do you call it the uh, happiness point or it's the set point set, happiness set point because mm -hmm. the other thing that was interesting um, there's a book written by and I forgot the author now but it's called Sapiens I don't know if you know mm. about it but uh, it's quite interesting and there also they, they refer to the research around people's happiness mm -hmm. and apparently I was distraught to read here that um, certain people so he spoke about a range from 1 to 10 mm -hmm. and and maybe this is where the realist and optimist comes in right 
is that I will only ever be happy up to point five because to to number five because mm-hmm. I'm a pessimist, realist slash crazy guy, and my happiness will only so when I'm happy I sit at five mm-hmm. and then when I'm happy go one. You, for example, who is optimist, you will tend to be at eight mm-hmm. and you won't go. I mean, you can go mm-hmm. beyond eight and that's where you settle. So this is just in your DNA. It's how you've built. Mm-hmm. Vanna is never going to be happier than five. Right. No, it's true. Like if, if you if you work on on your experiences long and hard enough, I think that we can get you up to six. Okay, I'm, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Point one. But the thing is, but you also made me think about something else now, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that we we kind of keeping continuity here in the conversation. But I think also when I listen to what you're saying is that I don't want people to think um, that experience design is only about designing for happiness. And that's what I'm hearing from you because the thing is, is that you need to know when to create the moment of the light or experience mm-hmm. because to be happy, you need to understand unhappy. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's that, uh, you know, no one can be in a state of super happiness. And I'll tell you, and I'm going to go to my very practical level here. If you look at a, uh, a user journey, for example, um, there's low points, high points, and kind of, up points and sometimes what experience designers think is that they need to level all these points up so when you have a, a massive dip let's fix it let's make it at least neutral or let's build a peak out of it but then the mistakes they make they make is that there's a few potholes along the way as well and you don't necessarily have to fill in all the potholes you need to make sure your peak points are at the right place I totally agree you know so and and that brings us to the whole thing is that an experience is actually a combination of things. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like one point in time that something magical happens and then my life has changed. And I think that is where the next wave kicks in because now it becomes complex because I think from a business perspective, you're sitting with the challenge that, okay, great. So I'm creating an experience that makes someone really happy. But now, what now? What do I do beyond this? Because there's a whole customer life cycle that I need to consider. How do I maintain and sustain that? Um, and probably the complexity also sits on the customer side. It's like, what am I getting out of this? Um, what does this mean? Yeah, th- yeah. These are these are excellent points. So, like one one thing that that um, that comes to my mind is that I'm not sure that designing for happiness is the right way to go uh, which sounds like I'm contradicting myself right now right <laughs> but actually what 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 is the why am I saying this um, if you basically uh, going for happiness is the perfect perfect recipe to be unhappy so like you mm-hmm. know if you try to be happy you you never get it right. So, yeah, so this it's, is like it's, finding it's love. Kind of, it's like finding yeah. money. You know all these kind of yeah. things. So this is not a direct direct path uh, towards happiness. You you need to take a road, so people yeah. can feel more fulfilled uh, in their lives, and therefore they will feel happy. So like I don't think that the 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 the, the path for businesses and for for designers is to go directly there. Yeah. But there's there's actually a bunch of uh, needs that people have, and we can start with Maslow pyramid. Yeah. 
which says that people have some 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 levels of needs and obviously uh, now uh, again research says that uh, you know like before we would go from physiological needs to safety to relationships um, uh, popularity and then yeah. then self actualization now uh, research says that basically those needs get reprioritized depending on the circumstances that we are in so you can uh, at home you can you might want to be safe uh, because of your family your children and so on but if you go bungee jumping then you go for for adventure and then you know safety mm. is sort of less important uh, but actually what 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 what, I'm, uh, what 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 triggers me for design is that there's there's a bunch of needs which are called deep needs yeah and these are the needs like whenever you sort of talk to people about their problems their needs and then you go deeper you can find a common denominators yeah. Like autonomy, like uh, um, competence, like um, stimulation, like safety, uh, relationships, and things like that. And basically, you can design experiences around these deep needs. Uh, and by creating the, the 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 experiences around those needs, you actually make people go one step higher in their feeling of fulfillment and their fall. Uh, uh, um, uh, of you know, in the feeling of happiness, the thing that I find the most uh, difficult for businesses to understand that uh, is is that um, this is not about them. Uh, yeah. That this is really about how this guy will feel at the end or afterwards. Yeah. And basically, if you think like, okay, we can think about great products or we can think about great services, but actually we should think about making people feel great about themselves. Yeah. It's it's about, I think I might have mentioned it with the, when I went into my whole brand ramble is um, it's not about the experience that you or your service or product creates, but it's the potential that your product or service offers offer mm-hmm. because it's not about the difference that you make as a company it's a difference that you facilitate for your customers it's a difference that they make yeah. or can make yeah. it's but the thing is i mean i think i mean i think for someone listening to this they might be going like i'm confused but I think that is the challenge and I mean correct me if I'm wrong because I find myself um, when it comes to base design so a client's got a problem or an intention um, it's quite easy for us today to find those customer needs because there's a difference between what customers want and what customers or users need we can find those and solve it but with the complexity of technology complexity of globalization and all these things happening now we are in kind of a messy state yeah and i don't know how you do it right so this is i'm i'm firing off a question to you now is that with all this crazy stuff happening all over the show is like how, how do you anchor yourself where do you start like what is what is the thing that you can do to kind of just or that we can do to sh- to just fix on something you mean as a designer? Yeah. Like I think 
I think that bottom bottom line for me is to to truly think, okay, is this thing that I'm designing going to make someone go wow or like wow but you know like hey um i'm 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 feeling empowered by 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 this design or mm. are they going to go like oh my gosh i feel completely disturbed by it yeah uh and of course with the with <laughs> with all the client limitations you sort of uh suffer to uh navigate through yeah. through the business needs and the technological challenges and then this approach. Uh, but on the other hand, my something they le- le- learned from business is that like if even if I make them go one little step forward, even if this change is not as big as I would have dreamed about or Im- imagined or envisioned, yeah. if they go in the direction of thinking about experiences, uh, or thinking about making people feel better with themselves and about themselves. Yeah, this is a small success. And I think it's, it's to your point. What you need to be careful with doing is what we are not talking about: the lights. Mm-hmm. It's not moments of the lights. No, short-lived fixes. But it's really about thinking in incremental steps about how we can work towards getting our customers to the difference that they want to make. Yeah. So this is about sustainable change in people. So actually, this is what we want this podcast to be all about, right? About how do you approach this this change, sustainable change, positive change in people yeah. uh, from a perspective of design, from a perspective of business, and from a perspective yeah. of technology. Because I think... Uh, Technology, if if I had to hit the points, is that technology is there. And I don't think we're going to necessarily address technology. We'll consider technology because I think technology needs to work for us. Mm-hmm. And that includes all the things from artificial intelligence straight through to whatever. Because we still care about the human beings. And I believe technology is going to unlock even more opportunities. It's going to be awesome i mean for me i don't i mean a lot of people fear technology i love it because i think it's going to give me more time to focus on the things that are really important that is experience totally agree with you here then of course we have the ultimate people that we're building for and i think there's a lot of conversation to be had around that the other thing that i want to explore with you with because that's the challenge that i have is that and I'm not talking about user experience design here. Let's be clear. Or customer experience. Customer experience. I'm talking about experience as a holistic thing. This is something that needs to become really important. And I think the challenge we have at the moment is that it's really hard to take this into the boardroom where decisions are being made. Because mm-hmm. I think at the moment decisions are being made around probably technology, probably Digital transformation. That's the hype, at least in Poland. (laughs) Yeah. And not that we're discounting any of that. Mm. We're talking about the next wave, right? Yeah. So, but, and we, to do that, we need to have very clear arguments of the value that that this is going to bring and sustainable value is going to bring to the table. And 
that is what I want to love to explore with you and see if we can find some of these answers that are eluding us at this stage. Can I ask you a question? Hit me. <laughs> what if this is not the future? What if the next wave is not experience design, but something completely different? I'm finding it really hard not to answer that question, actually. Mm-hmm. Not because because I'm so fixated on the idea of experience. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot form my... And the thing is, maybe I need to listen to my own words. Is how do you challenge yourself? Because you, know, you mustn't buy into your own religion too hard. You have to ask the questions. And that's a very valid question. It's actually something we have to do. But it is something that I ask myself. And... I just can't get myself past it because if I look in the market at the moment, I look at how people are valuing experiences um, like, um, you know, like craft beer, for example. Sorry, I don't know why I'm thinking about beer now, but it's such a small little market that's grown so fast. And I think people are valuing the experience that it brings. And Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the effect of the alcohol, but the fact that I'm having this beer that's handmade and there's so much love in it. And for me, that's a representation of experience. And I, I can't, I cannot think of any alternatives to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been lucky to have some crazy experiences um, and some of the more extreme events that we've attended and stuff to, that dives deep into these experiences. And I, I, I'm struggling to see beyond that or an alternative. Have you considered this? No, I... I... Uh, I, okay, I've, I've considered and I don't have an answer. <laughs> Shoot. So, <laughs> no, so, so basically, like, I was, I asked myself a question, okay, like, being a designer, uh, also extremely uh, uh, hooked on experience design and on this whole philosophy of, 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 of uh, flourishing and well-being and so on, uh, I was wondering, okay, is it... Might that be a case that I having a hammer in my hand? I'm only seeing Everything that the like nails. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. But so, so, like, my question is like, uh, do we dare to explore other alternatives? Uh, maybe, maybe the the question is around: Is the word experience limiting? Yeah. Is our interpretation of experience maybe the problem? Um, because I mean, design. The word design is confusing. Mm-hmm. Experience. I find if I speak to someone about experience and then I chuck in the word design, people think about UX. Yes. Um, and experience can tend to make you think of a fun thing that is fleeting. Um, and I think what we are talking about is much more deeper and a much more meaningful and long-term thing. I don't know. It's it's difficult. I mean, the, the, I, I'm struggling. You can see me trying to find my words around this. And this is exactly what we can't have when we want to implement the next wave. We need to be sure about what we are doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm a bit stumped. Yeah, but actually, this is a good thing. Because if we had all the answers, it would be boring. Yeah. This is what makes it interesting, right? Absolutely. So actually, what's what's our plan for this? What 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 what? How do we envision that? So I mean, I think what I like to do is I like to steal like an artist. There's a book. Yes. <laughs> because whatever we do, 
we we build whatever we do on the shoulders of giants who've gone before us, right? And they, I think we know a few giants. We do. Um, some of them might be sending us some theme music soon. So <laughs> we might be looping that giant in as well. Um, but um, I, I'm hoping that we'll have some of these conversations with people in the industry, maybe people who bring more challenges to the table and help us figure this out. You have some suggestions, right? Yeah, so actually, uh, suggestions are planned. Uh, the idea is that we would like to um, interview a bunch of people and then have a discussion like this one, uh, probably a little bit more structured. Uh, structured. <laughs> but hey, this is, the, this is the first one, so like yeah. we are learning here. Uh, and have a discussion and summary of, 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 uh, of what we have found out from, from those interviews that we've got. Yeah. And the idea is to talk to people from design, from technology, from business, from any kind of uh, profession that, that actually tackles the, the topic of, of experiences, of design yeah. and of the future. And hopefully uh, we also challenge that, right? We might bring in some people who look at things in a completely different way yeah. in fields that we didn't expect. Yeah. Um, and seeing how that could potentially add value to our quest. Yeah, so we hope that you will stay with us. Yeah. And uh, have fun. Stay with us and bear with us. Yes, bear with and us. And maybe <laughs> engage with us. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So um, I have the pleasure to speak to Agar Shostek. And I have a pleasure to uh, co-partner here with Werner Purhat. And uh, we'll catch you in the next show. Thank you so much and I think good night. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff.